listeners, this is Donna. And this is Andrew. And we're coming to you from the future. The future! In the future, many things have changed. For example... The Impossible Burger is now half plant-based, half ground pork. We now all speak with robot accents. Soylent Green really is people. They've rebooted chips, and now the chips are ladies. There is an East Dakota. But now... Well, that future sounds like the f***ing definition of pretty f***ing But the biggest change in the future is the name of this podcast. You'll notice in this episode we refer to our podcast as Stabbing and Gabbing. But we don't really say it that much. That's true. That's because this recording was made before we settled on our final name of StabGab. To streamline us for the future. Especially the future that involves internet and websites. So try not to get too weirded out and enjoy. StabGab. Just for the taste of it. Well, let's pretend that there was a, there was some sort of, standing up. All right, and then like, I like the idea of our intro music just being. She should be specifically the Johnny Carson yeah. theme, yeah. yeah. And then our intro. Okay, so uh, read hello. by let's say John Waters. John. Like stabbing and gabbing. I don't know. <laughs> We'll you sounded more like French Schneider. <laughs> all, all of the B fifty twos will be the people who uh, who uh, dance this mess around when you're stabbing and gabbing down at the, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome! And they can be like uh, like what's a creepy name for the B fifty twos? Like the B fifty ghouls. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So hello, hello. America. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to Stabbin' and Gabbin. We're your hosts, Donna Rickles. And I'm Andrew Morton. And Stabbin' and Gabbin is a podcast where we'll be spilling the guts on horror's forgotten gems. Or uh, pieces of crap, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> so this week's episode is Night of Demons. No, Night, Night of, of the, the Demons. demons. A full moon. A spooky, deserted mansion. Halloween night. All right, dudes! Let's party! Ten kids. All they want to do is raise a little hell. Now, as long as they live, they'll wonder what's gotten into them. Night of the Demons. Party till you drop. There's specific articles in the phrase. Night of the Demons. Night of the Demons. Uh, 1988. 1988. So, Night of the Demons. And First of all, I feel like adding the the in there like kind of really like fucks you up a little bit. You want demons more It's just like I really want it to just be Night of Demons. Like, night, it just, it kind of feels like... Yeah. Like rule juror. <laughs> like it's just like this extra hard thing to say or remember. It's a little too sing song. Yeah, it doesn't like, night of the demons. And you want you want Night of Demons. I just want it to be Night of Demons. But also it's when not. I did sing song Night of Demons, that also sounded like the B fifty twos as well. <laughs> uh, night of Demons was written by John Augustine or Augustine, mm-hmm. perhaps, and directed by Kevin Tenney. 
That's all I have. Please continue. So, <laughs> Night of Demons is a story of a group of teenagers led by a misfit named Angela. And they go to throw a part- Halloween party in an abandoned funeral-, funeral parlor called the Hull House. Uh, they throw a seance. Seance goes awire and awakens the demons <laughs> that inhabit the house, which start picking off the kids one by one. As was the style at the time. that's how the 80s were man it's just you know you're gonna go with your bonehead friends in high school where you're all 35 years old and you're gonna go to a haunted house and you would get killed in a very specific order the bigger the boobs you had probably the earlier you would die well this movie definitely does have the classic last girl standing trope oh yeah yeah so well you said well uh so there actually is a main uh character outside of because it was Angela who is the, she's the summoner of, yes. of the demons. But then our main character, who I keep calling Alice in Wonderland because she's dressed like Alice in Wonderland. Yes, she's dressed as Alice in Wonderland since this is a Halloween party. And oh, she's yeah. the classic last girl standing trope. She's, uh, well, it's the 80s, so she has to be blonde. Yes. So she's blonde. Shocker. Um, <laughs> I'm like, oh, she's blonde. She'll be the last person alive. Um, <laughs> she's blonde. She uh, is total nice girl um in an 80s talk she'd be a prude yeah so she's total prude so that means that she's not gonna die yeah but let's go back to the the very beginning of this movie just set the stage of of the night please so what actually my very first reaction to this movie when the credits started rolling was that i uh would have loved to have written uh movie music for 80s horror Oh, yeah. The music was incredible. It really was. And by incredible, I mean, like, not so incredible. It was a one Casio job, which is pretty, oh, yeah. pretty, pretty good thing. It was yeah. probably written in, like, ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did notice at a certain point about halfway through, like, I think there's a recognizable theme at the front of the film, and I think mm-hmm. there's a recognizable theme at the end, but I think in the middle it's just... You know, like, if you're, like, sneaking through a house at night and you're trying to find your way and you accidentally, like, put your hand down a, on, a, on a piano and you just hear a dull noise yeah. of it, it was a lot like that i think most of the music halfway through was just somebody putting their hand on a on a keyboard <laughs> <laughs> they probably, probably kept their keyboard running, recording all night long just in case that was it so this movie opens with um the movie first of all opens with everyone being super mean to this old man in the neighborhood which i found like really strange and yeah. un- kind of unnecessary yeah i mean we later find out that the old man is a total dick and maybe you know but it sets but still, up. It's like, like, why is it, like? It just seems like everybody is unnecessarily making fun of this guy for being old. Well, this is the other thing about the movie is that everybody in it is a fucking dick. Yeah, and this like, is true. I mean, with maybe the exception of Judy, she's, she's kind of nice. Though. She's a little more annoying, but but everybody else is like a jerk, including the old man. Yeah, I mean. And he has nothing to do with the rest of the plot of the movie. Exactly. He's in the beginning. And it's I guess it's just a palate cleanser or, or yeah. a stage setter, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. I wanted to talk about that at the end, too, because he comes back at the end, and yeah. it's just kind of like, why? But he's completely separate from yeah. the rest it's of like a It's like a um, confusion sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> it's a confusion sandwich. Uh, so, yeah, the, everyone's like super mean, this old guy... Um, Judy shows up, tries to help him pick up his spilled groceries. He calls her a whore. He does call her a whore. Which, you know, because that makes, like, the most sense. Like, oh, you're trying to help me pick up my groceries. You must be uh, a total slut. 
Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, but then we find out that the old man, has big, his big Halloween plans are to stay at home, put razor blades and apples, and hand them out to the kids. I think he's driven to revenge, though, because he's just... <clears throat> he's been made fun of one too many times. Yeah, it's like he's just... At, it's, when like we fall, see him, it's like falling down. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Michael Douglas and falling down, and uh, instead of, I guess, being... Uh, a good was movie? he racist in that movie? I don't remember that was movie he, very well. I don't well. remember. I do, I do remember thinking that, you know what, I need to go back and watch it. I'm going to, I don't want to write a check that my ass we'll can't s- cash. We'll say, we'll say I remember it. it being good. Anyway, Michael Douglas is not in um, Night of the Demons. Yeah. But, um, so then, um, so then we go to, we end up at Judy's house and we see that Judy yeah. is your average 80s. Teenager? Uh, teenager who's probably super involved in school. She's probably a cheerleader and yeah. probably involved in every single club. She's getting ready for the Halloween dance that they're all like her and her popular kid friends are going to go to, but yeah. then gets a phone call from her douchey boyfriend saying there's a change of plans. Yeah. And that they will be attending a Halloween party at, at the infamous Hull House. Yeah. Another creepy moment, yeah. which was not scare-related. Yeah. Uh, when Judy is getting ready to uh, get uh, all dolled up to go oh, to the yeah. Halloween dance. And her brother's like a pervert or her something? Her brother is hiding in the closet, yeah. watching her change, and then jumps out and makes a comment about her boobies. He makes a lot of comments about her boobs. So she goes in and she's changing, right? Yeah. And then, what's his name? We're going to call him Skip Jr.? I don't we'll know. call him Skippy. Skippy. So yeah. Skippy... He's a little blonde kid. He's got a little bit of a... Um, who's that kid on Facts of Life that uh, joined Oh, later? Austin McKenzie. Had a bit of an Austin McKenzie vibe yes. going on. And um, and he jumps out of the closet wearing a monster mask while his sister is changing her clothes. Uh, she's... At this point, when she finds him in the closet, she is in her underwear and bra. Yeah. yeah. And he jumps out and makes a comment about her boobies. Yeah. And I found that incredibly disturbing because you are her brother. You're the brother. That's so gross. And and even if even if you're a brother making fun of your sister, you, you don't generally make it. You know, like it, you don't make it physical. You don't talk about you don't your talk sister's about, boobs. Yeah. That's not a thing that you do. As a as a girl who has a uh, <laughs> younger a brother that yeah. grew up with a brother. Yeah. If my brother hid out in my closet and I started changing, my brother would probably be scarred for fucking life. My brother would not be like, who can't wait for the boob joke? (laughs) My brother probably would have just burrowed further into the closet and then would probably have to, like, go rinse his eyes out and be like, I'm forever unclean. (laughs) And then, like, later, like, after she finally kicks him out of the room, when, um... Chad Chaddington comes over, the boyfriend guy, whatever his fucking name. Spader. James Spader comes over later. Josh Spader, let's call him. When he shows up later, and uh, and then the brother's like right back on the boobs again. He's like, he's like, are you in her personality or are you in your big boobs? And it's like, why yeah. do you know her? Like, that clearly means you've looked at her boobs and judged their size. Yeah, he's still hanging in there on the boob stuff. He's yeah. Like, and he's trying to be casual because he's like reading the magazine when this guy comes yeah. over. And he's it's just like, I'm to... not into my sister's boobs. He's like, I wasn't just sitting here and thinking about my sister's yeah. boobs. I was totally reading <laughs> U.S. News and World Report. And I was like, that's absolutely what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so the little brother is weirdly very attached to his sister's boobs. Yes. Not, not physically, metaphorically. <laughs> So, you think it's called Hull House because it sounds close to Hell House or something? Maybe. Sounds like a kind of a lame idea along with some of the other 
I mean, I, I do it. love this movie, but there's definitely some, you know. Do you think they're writing it? They're like, we don't want to hit the nail too directly on the head. So why don't we? Why don't, why don't we kind of go around the they side? They went. They went around. They went through all of the vowels. They're like <laughs> Hall House, Hall. Hell House. Yeah, if they were like Hall House, if we call a Hall House. It just sounds actually like a movie where they're trying to get into a fraternity, and they're like, it's Hall House. We know them. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's Hull House, and it's now it had a bit of a confusing history. It was. It, oh, this is another another instance where there is there's all it's always with the Indian curses. <laughs> it is, but it's a kind of sideways version of that too because the Indian it wasn't cursed by Indians, but it was land that Indians discovered was cursed. It's um, clearly they, the filmmakers had seen Poltergeist. Now that movie did. Should I say Indian or Native American? Well, I mean, it is Native American or First Nation people, but okay. we're, you know, we're, we're in the we're, 80s. We're going 80s, so we're in the you're 80s. allowed to be Every, slightly everything, everything more of a is, dick about it. Is is with the Indian curses. Okay, so <clears throat> so they were going to go poltergeist where it's it's on a uh, an Indian burial ground, but clearly someone was like, no, that's too close. So they kind of go at it a weird way <clears throat> where they're like, Hull House is located on an old... Indian burial ground, but uh, there's also like a ravine that runs under it. I didn't follow the logic of the ravine, but it's like the ravine is haunted. No, the <laughs> demons can't cross oh. running water. Oh. How this is uh, known and stated by the kids, I have no idea. Haunted. So demons can't cross running water. So this, the land that Hull House is located on is kind of like this little, like, island that has uh, water running around. Like a moat. Like a moat, yeah. Yeah, like a moat. And so <laughs> demons can't uh, get off get off the little island. So all of the kids, one by one, start showing up at this party that has been organized by the another 80s Another 80s trope, the uh, 80s creepy goth girl. Yeah, yes. Yeah. The misfit from school. Yeah. Um, which I also find strange that apparently she sounds like she's the school misfit and all these other kids are like the preppy jockey jerks yeah. of high school. Yeah. So I'm just like, how did this creepy goth chick <laughs> manage to only invite like, like nine people right. who are out of her wheelhouse of friends? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, sure, I had other plans tonight, but instead I'm going to come to this party thrown by this this creepy girl from school that I've never really talked to before. It's high school. We all mix across social <clears throat> lines. Everybody knows that's how it works. No, you don't. And this is the 80s, so even less so. I think what happened is that the filmmakers... Have you ever seen, have you ever seen Breakfast Club? Well, that's the th- I was just going to say, I think what happened is I think the filmmakers saw Breakfast Club and they're like, yeah, it's a given. Everybody from every social group hangs out together, which is the whole point of the Breakfast Club is that every social uh, group doesn't hang out with each other. Mm-hmm. So what we're really saying is the failure in this movie is John Hughes's. He really let us down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Night of the Demons is actually a retaliation movie, protest movie to John Hughes. That was that's it's the origin story of, uh, of John Hughes films. Yeah. So <clears throat> so the kids all start showing up one by one at this house yeah. to party. To party, like. All right, well, let's do a rundown of the kids because I feel it's important to sort of lay, lay the Okay, scene here. yeah. All also, right. another thing about this movie, too, is that there's just too many characters. I'm going to. They uh, need, to sh- need to shave off a couple of they them. They needed enough to kind of like kill and get out of the way. Um, let's start with, uh, in my mind, 
least important mm-hmm. to the most important. And okay. I'll say my, my little piece on that, about them and you can jump in. All right. Okay. Least important. Helen, who is the girl that keeps getting called bitch over and over. Yes. By, yeah. By Knight uh, of Demons Porkins, a.k.a. <laughs> Stooge. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So there's a guy named Stooge and um, uh, I feel he's a bit of a linchpin. So maybe we can uh, uh, set the scene with him. So Stooge is. All right. So he's the big loud mouth guy of the group. Um, he's, he's dressed like a pig for Halloween, yeah, which is kind of cord- coincides with his piggish personality. He calls ladies like bitches a lot. All the time, yeah. I mean, it's an 80s movie, so I'm kind of braced for casual sexism, sexism and casual racism yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And there's definitely both present. Um, but I would say they really leaned hard on the casual misogyny. And then there's also like unnecessary nudity in the movie. Like, oh yeah. When Judy's changing for her, into her Halloween costume, like I was it really like a key moment. Like we needed to see her butt. And Judy's like the nice girl <laughs> who you know doesn't want to have sex apparently with uh, uh, Judge Kavanaugh or whatever that guy's name was. <laughs> that, that's sort of, <laughs> that sort of you know uh, preppy douchebag guy. Yeah. And um, uh, but then we see her butt because she is I guess changing in her Halloween costume. In her Halloween costume. But then there is a girl yeah. who is, I don't know how do we phrase. Well, this? She's like the sex pot. Yeah, there's another sort of sex potty girl who also is introduced where you just see her butt in her underwear. Yeah, so a lot then, of definition in that scene, which was a little uncomfortable. So we have Helen, who's not really necessary. Um, <laughs> then we have uh. Another woman who's not necessary so much to the point that I can't even remember her name. She's dressed as Peter Pan. Oh, right. And yeah. then we have a guy who's also kind of unnecessary who's dressed as a doctor, but he's the one who gives us this super long list of, of creepy factoids about Hull House, our- which is followed up with, which I loved. He gives this long list of creepy factoids about about Hull House and like the disgusting things that went down there. Yeah. And his girlfriend, who's dressed like Peter Pan, goes... I can't believe we're going to party here. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. I might have said the same thing, but in a completely different tone and then have gone home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because when you see Hull House on the inside, you're, you're not like, oh, here's where I would like to party. Or have sex. Or have sex. Yeah. And then we have uh, Roger, who is uh, last man standing with Judy. Right. Um, but he's kind of a, like, I mean, he... He's kind of a dick. He's like a, like, all, like, you know, just like, I'm fr- I'm here, I'm going to save myself and fuck all y'all. Yeah. Well, Roger's helpful at the beginning because Roger's the only one who speaks common sense at the beginning. Yeah. Because he's, he's, he <clears throat> says he's the son of a preacher. And he's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Right. So but he's then, like, un- he's unfortunately like, for him, um, the house is, or the grounds have sealed up and he can't leave. And then yeah. he's just like, I'm going to ride this out in a car for the rest of the night, but um, the demons won't let him. And then yeah. we have uh, Jay, who is our James Spader, who's a total dick. All right, yeah. No, he's um, the he guy basically who's... has just asked Judy out on a date um, because he heard that she had sex once with one person. Yeah. And he thinks that he he might be able to uh, be the second notch on her bedpost. Yeah. He's... Which is also not really great logic. Like, oh, I heard this this girl had sex once, so maybe I can have sex I with her. I can also get in on that sex a- a- aspect of everything. Yeah. And then we have Sal. Yeah. 
who um, we'd already met in the beginning. He harassed uh, <laughs> he harassed the old man. Uh, Sal actually was not originally invited, but he managed he to uh, crash by getting the info of where the party was at from Judy's younger brother. Because yeah. Sal and Judy dated once. <laughs> now this I was wanna... the guy that may or may not have slept with Judy, and he oh, still has a mythology. little... Mm-hmm. I didn't he's, realize that he, he might. still has a little uh, flame burning for her. So he, he shows up at the party. The thing that I don't really <laughs> know or understand, or maybe I don't, shouldn't even bother to understand about Sal, yeah. is that this show, or at least in my, <laughs> in my impression of it, this movie clearly takes place in California, or it's yes. what I think is California. I know it's very much set in California. And um, Sal has this... Not only a thick New York accent, but it's a thick New York accent from like the turn of the century. Yeah, he's like an old timey newspaper boy. He, yeah, he's very much. Um, he's very. A, he's kind of a Fonzie, but with a little more of an edge to him. He's he's like a like, yeah. He's like a little new, newsy, like a yeah. like a mean newsy. And um, I'm just like I don't feel like that's really necessary for him to talk that way if this takes place in California or yeah. if you do like a fucking backstory about Sal. Sal right. moved here from Brooklyn. I, and I wanted a little more. I mean, you just, you actually, you just kind of blew my mind because when I was watching this movie last night, I didn't understand that Sal was probably intended to be like the first guy who may have, using the parlance of the time, made it. Yeah, made, with, with Judy. made it with Judy. Because they do, they do drop a Well, Judy never answers that. She, when questioned by it's, Jay, if... A, this movie's got it all, folks. It's no, got it's really horror, it's got drama, it's got ambiguity, romance. Ambiguity about who did who, when. Yeah. <laughs> so then, um, when Judy is asked by Jay if she made it with um, Sal... Right. She says it's none of his business. So we'll a question for the ages. We'll say, never know. Say, now that that's sequel fodder right there. We'll that's, never know if cool. Judy and Sal made it. I uh, um, what so, do you what, what do you just as a viewer? How do you feel? Do you feel they did or did? Oh, they totally did. They did. Okay. Yeah, oh, they totally did. I'm, and, I'm a little sad for Judy because because Sal kind of sucked. They all sucked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was no like it's like what Judy's gonna like get with with Porkins. I mean, better Sal than Porkins, but yeah. you know, if it had not been, I don't know. Yeah, and then we have the last two <laughs> characters, um, Angela, who is will we will find out will be our main demon. But she's the gothy. She's, she's the goth, right, the goth okay. chick, and her friend, who's oh my gosh, I'm totally forgetting the friend's name, but she's dressed kind of like a sexy baby doll, and so oh. she is the only friend of Angela. So I, cor- right. I correct myself from earlier of saying Angela invited all these people. She she is friends <laughs> with sexy baby doll. Um, but that sexy seems baby to be, doll is the one who does turn into. She, is she the one we like? She's she's the one with their butt hanging out when they yes. go to the Seven Eleven to yes. buy. It. Okay. So it, she is Angela's only friend, and they somehow manage to invite a whole bunch of other preppy kids from uh, their high school to show up to their party. Again, yeah. I have no idea how they pulled that off. Oh, her <laughs> name is Suzanne. Suzanne. Baby doll is okay. Suzanne. So now they are all at the party. They are starting to party because in the 80s <laughs> yeah. party was used as a verb like all the fucking time it's very this is a very verb based party it yeah. is not a arranged well party <clears throat> yes so it's they're a, starting to party which in the 80s means you just listen to generic metal music and awkwardly dance around in a room with just 10 people uh, i should point out that you uh, have a boom box uh, oh, yeah, on your it. yeah so you're I listening to your it. you're listening to your royalty free uh was it metal music 
Yes, it was probably right. royalty-free metal music. It was royalty-free. It's probably free. written by the same guy who wrote the the amazing intro that made me wish that I had written music for 80s horror. Yeah, yeah. It had a very, like, um, kind of Survivor um, quality to it, but it was definitely, it was not brand name Survivor. It oh, was, yeah, this, yeah. Like, they're like, we need you to write something that sounds like Survivor, yeah. but... It wasn't um, Eye of the Tiger Survivor either. It was Rocky IV uh, in, a, in, a, in a Raging Heart or whatever that song is. It was a little more of that, yeah. For those of you who know what I'm talking about, it was a little more of that. I would really love if that was, those were the feedback notes. They're like a little less Eye of the Tiger and a little bit more Raging Heart. We need you to do a little less Rocky Three, a little more Rocky Four, if you could, uh, please. I'm a little bit country. He's a little oh, bit Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so they had a very crappy um, royalty-free. I didn't even know what the song was. It was just like no, it was just like tonight because we're at a party at and a party. it's day. Yeah, that was pretty much the song, and yeah. I think they just play that. I, I think they play that song actually over the end credits too. Yeah, so. um, I think. Well, the credits d- definitely had lyrics, but I think that music was just like there, I don't think there was any lyrics. But if they were yeah. lyrics, it should have been "We're <laughs> at a bitchin' party." Yeah, cause it's the eighties. No, honestly, it should have been less than that because since they were just partying, they're not. I don't even know if they went to a party. I know they're partying. They were partying, but I don't know if they went to a party because yeah. it wasn't like. They set up a snack table at this at the party. Does anyone at, use at the word house. party as a verb anymore? Uh, I feel like they use it in police reports when they're like, you know, they find somebody dead and they're like, well, you were probably partying pretty hard last night. <laughs> but I don't think you, nobody's like, <laughs> that was a little grim. Sorry. I, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if anyone's like, yeah. hey, you guys want to party tonight? Yeah, I don't think I've ever said that. But again, I was like a little kid in the 80s, so it wasn't like yeah. I was five and I was like, hey, everybody, let's party. I was not partying in the 80s. In the 80s, no. I was more like, would you guys like to play He-Man? Cause yeah, I have me. Because He-Man figures. Yeah, I yeah. was just like, I'm going to eat cereal and watch cartoons. I don't want to I don't want to pinpoint our ages too much. Yeah, but, uh, bitchin'. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna watch it was this, totally tubular. I'm going to watch this bitchin' episode of Smurfs. <laughs> Um, you guys watching the snorks tonight? No, <laughs> come on over to my place. We'll party. We'll party, we'll party. and watch the snorks. We'll so eat, uh, Ritz crackers. So they finally get the. Do you realize much like much like this episode of this podcast, that. it takes like halfway through the movie to, for anything to get going. Yeah, like they're really like setting up the stage fucking hard. Yeah. Well, I would say this because they set up Hull House as being this sort of mo- almost like cathedral mansion style place, yeah. but based on the film as we watched it, I would say there's probably a solid four rooms in this yeah. place, and yeah. and it's an entire horror movie that takes place <clears throat> in four rooms. So yeah. <laughs> so then um, they decide to get the party really started and have a little seance where they oh, yeah. do a past life seance where they look in the mirror. They call up the spirits, they look in the mirror, and they see what their selves could look like from a past life. So they do this. Right. They do this, and they wake up the demon of the house. Now, here's where I get a little confused, because they woke up a demon. Mm-hmm. That or, looks like a Muppet. You know, it did, uh, more Muppet adjacent. It looked like one of those things from um, the Dark Crystal. Yeah. Sleestack? Is it? No, that's from uh, Land of the... Uh... Actually, at first, when I first saw the demon, I was like, oh... Like, it was, like, a little cute, because it kind of looked a little Jim Henson-y. Yeah, it wasn't terribly scary looking. Um, it kind of was just a floating head, really, um, mm-hmm. uh, of a, a skeletal head. It didn't really do anything. It just kind of was, it like... It was, like, yeah, yeah, and that was about it. Yeah. And then that goes away, and then, um, and then the... 
who's the sort of party girl she oh, is? Oh, Helen right. is the only one who's still looking in the mirror. Everyone else right. has been distracted by uh, something that I forget happens. Porkins every, probably por- Porkins a made a... Head. Yeah, Porkins called everyone a bitch and they looked over. I know. Um, so <laughs> Helen is the only one that's still looking in the mirror. She sees the dragon Muppet and then she sees the face slam up against the mirror. Is that what you're going to question yes, about? Yes, that was That's it. her. That was she her? sees a premonition of her, because remember she lands on top of the car later? This is, you're right. I highly recommend anyone listening to this to watch Night of the Demons and give it a solid 24 hours later to figure out what was going on. Because <laughs> clearly, I'm not remembering any of this. Talk it over with a friend. I know, yeah. Just talk it over with a friend. Every, immediately report, re- record a podcast after you've listened to it. Hash uh, it out. It's yeah. like your book club. <laughs> It's like your your book club, except for uh, like uh, B horror. I want to say like I can uh, revisit Night of the Demons anyone I want because each time I revisit it, it, re- it unveils giving. more riches. It keeps giving. It's like uh, it's like The Shining. So demon's been released, and demon flies up the stairs from the crematorium. I right. don't know why he's hanging out there, but that's where he's hanging out, and he infects his verse victim, Suzanne, right. Right. aka Baby Doll. One of the things that I wrote a note about right. was how does Angela become the main demon, but she's the second infected? Like, you would think that, like, Suzanne well, should be, like, the the one. I think this is the reason why, is because I think in horror you have to know your audience. And I think your audience knows that they're going to come, they're coming for the scares, but they're also coming because they want to probably see some naked people. And I sort of feel that Baby Doll was a good uh, candidate for being fully taken over by the demon over everybody else because uh, that gave them more opportunity for her to take her clothes off, it seemed like. But then why is Angela... My, my question is, why is Angela the main demon? Well, like she becomes more a catalyst. Than she, she becomes is. demon numero uno. Yeah, she does. She does a very weird, awkward dance. <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. And it's a little scantily clad at that yes. point. And then she not... starts picking off... Um, she starts picking off people one by one. Yeah, yeah. So people start uh, dying and being turned into demons one by one, thanks to Angela and her infected friend, Suzanne. And I think now would be a fun <laughs> time to mention that Angela, who mm-hmm. is played by um, Mimi Kincaid, um, totally. is the niece of Golden Girls, Rue McClanahan. Oh, yeah, yeah, in real life. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Rue apparently made a uh, visit to the set one day. Wait a minute. Oh, she did? Yeah. For real? For real. Oh. Can you imagine being on set and all of a sudden, like, Blanche shows up? This would have been 1988, so this would yeah. have been mid-Golden Girls being this peak Golden peak Girls being Golden on. Girls, yeah. Now, wait a minute. So, if Blanche shows up, and Blanche is the sexiest of the Golden Girls, yes. right? So, that means she probably showed up on set and was like, all right, now you're the sexiest of the Night of the Demons people. So there's probably like a transference of energy. Sexiness. Sexiness. <laughs> I think we just come up with a really good sequel for Night of the Demons, uh, uh, better than the actual Night of the Demons too that they Who made. Who play Ruby McClanahan though? She's dead. Oh, I don't know. Let's do. Uh, Can CG- anyone? CGI recreation. Oh lord. Mocap. Yep. <laughs> yeah, got Andy Circus in, and he put put him in one of those outfits with all the balls all over him, and then yeah, and then you just then, put Rue McClanahan's face over it. I think we've just really desecrated the memory <coughs> Night of, of Demons. Night of the Demons Four, because there's only three. <laughs> 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 Return to McClanahan. 
Hull House, McClanahan House. And this House. is when the Golden Girls hate mail comes in for us. I know. We're getting very good at this. Um, and hate, hate mail. mail. Yeah. Mm. I can't wait to have a segment where we read hate mail. We should. Yeah. Well, it should be in. it should be not of hate mail sent to us for the quality of this podcast. It should be hate mail sent to us from things that we may have accidentally disparaged. Or like, left out. Or left out. Like we yeah. weren't meant, we weren't meaning to disparage the Golden Girls. I feel it's fair to say we're probably both Golden Girls. Fans. I love Golden Girls. Yeah, so we love. I your have so room. many fond memories of watching Golden Girls with my grandma, <laughs> it's, which it's, was just like girls' night, but not really because I'm six. <laughs> we'll save that story for our other podcast. <laughs> Donna's uh, fucked up childhood. Gold, golden Girls. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight on a very special episode of Stabbing and Gabbing. We just talk about episodes of Cheers. We really enjoyed that one time. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, how is this horror related? It's not. It just is really in a night court. Um, night so, court would have been a good name for our movie, actually, if they had not made the night court show. Man, night court would be a really great horror movie name. Would be, yeah. Like, hey, it was court. Harry, and he had the court at night, but he passed away recently. He did. Yeah. We're really sticking it to all yeah, these we're like passed away celebrities. Dead right celebrities. Now. This is the dead celebrities edition. Oh my god. Oh man. Anyway, all right. So well. people started getting picked off one by one, turning into demons, till finally um, Judy and Roger are the only people left. They're being right. chased through the house by all of the demons. Yeah, it's a classic two last two people standing. I want to talk about, in my opinion, mm-hmm. one of the biggest moments of this movie. Yeah. Which I was really looking forward to you seeing, because I've seen okay. this movie plenty of times. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also talked to my brother and told him we were doing this movie, and he said, I can't wait for Andrew to see oh, this man. particular scene. I don't want to let your, bro- your brother down. Um, the lipstick scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. How do we describe this one? Uh, Suzanne is uh, uh, also, totally... A.K.A. Baby Doll. Baby Doll. She is uh, in a bathroom. She's totally taken over by a demon. She's yeah. lost her mind. She's taken her, her lipstick, and she's painted her face. Um, and she's letting us know that she, this is how they let us know as audience members that she's possessed, is that she has her lipstick, but she starts putting it <clears> on really... Sloppily. Oh, yeah. Face. She's drawn like a circle around her old face. Yeah, she's yeah. put on her no, nose. It's, it's like everywhere. It's total crazy behavior. So that's totally intended uh, to tell us that she has been possessed by a demon. Yes. So then she unbuttons her shirt. Yeah. She continues to draw on her chest. Yeah, she starts drawing. Draws around her boob. Yeah. And then plays. Uh, well. Po- pockets the lipstick. By pushing it through her nipple. Through her nipple, into her boob, uh, and as far as I can recall, never to be seen again. Nope. Never uh, comes back. Um, here's it's a, not... That would have been awesome if she, like, hit it for, like, a key moment later on in the that's what. Well, that's and what I was like, expecting. Remember, remember this lipstick. It's Chekhov's uh, boob lipstick. It's like, you know what, I introduced <laughs> that early and then I have that come back. <laughs> to, to, yeah, well, here's what happens. Though. She starts... Yeah, so she takes uh, her top off and starts drawing around her boob. And I thought she was drawing, like, incision marks. Like, it kind of looked like there was going to be some sort of a surgery, you know, horrific body horror surgery. Um, But, yeah, after she does that for a while, yeah, she just pushes the lipstick um, into her nipple and it disappears, and the I nipple think it's a great, seals up again. Yeah, there's no blood. It's really yeah. clean, easy peasy. I think it's a great shoplifting tactic. 
It reminded me a little bit of Temple of Doom, like when they pull the heart out of that dude. Yeah, and yeah. And his heart just, or his chest just sort of seals back up yeah. when the heart's gone. It was a lot like that. I'm like, I want to take this chick shopping with me. Yeah, she would actually, and you know, it's funny that you're saying I'll be, that. I'll be like, I like this shirt. Stick it in your boob. Here's what's, here's really <laughs> funny. Shove it in your nipple. They were shoplifting earlier in the movie. Yeah, I mean, like, why did they even need to use her butt as a distraction <laughs> when she could have just shoved everything into her boobs? Clearly, this, like, yeah. I want this bag of Twizzlers, <laughs> Suzanne. Shove it through your nipple. It can only be things shaped a certain way. It has to be like, you know. Cylindrical. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. Can't, you can't be stealing like can't a. Can't hand uh, her a bag of <laughs> bag of potato chips. That's not gonna get no, in there. No, 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 no. She's like, my nipples aren't square shape. What if you're stealing some this? bottle rockets, that's probably pretty good because that's you know straight. That's a straightaway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that would have been cooler because then she could have shot bottle rockets out of her boobs. Oh later. man, yeah, later on, just like, don't forget these bottle rockets because they're gonna make an appearance later. No, they could have weaponized those boobs, but yeah. they did not weaponize the boobs. And um, honestly, like, clearly all they did was they they found one person who was willing to be very naked. And they were like, how can we find additional ways well, for Well, the woman that naked? plays her is, yeah. like, in a ton of B-horror movies. Oh, she is? Yeah. Leanna Quigley, I think. You're yeah. right. Leanna Quigley. Yeah. yeah. Right. She she's, like, she's like a scream queen. You're right. Oh, yeah. I'm see- oh, she's in Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah, she's in, like, everything. And Graduation Day and Return of the Living Dead. All right, yeah. well. She's in it all. I want to pose a question to you now since we're on the topic of um, Suzanne and her little uh, hidey hole, which is a.k.a. boobs. Her TARDIS. Um, yeah, it's TARDIS. TARDIS. <laughs> bigger boob on the TARDIS. Inside. Yeah, boob TARDIS. Yeah, bigger she puts the, the lipstick in there and it's actually like a whole like vanity table <laughs> filled in. with all the product that she's ever shoved into her boobs. It turns into David Tennant, but So... You know, Suzanne's possessed by demons, so yeah. she's going nuts. She's put lipstick all over her face. Uh, Jay, a.k.a. James Spader, Judy's douchebag boyfriend right. who just wants to get laid, right. finds her um, covered in lipstick. Yeah. And then she proceeds to try to give him a blowjob, and they end up having sex. Oh, yeah. Now, let me... Well, hold me... on. Slap some backstory on that. I'll get... I'm sorry. Oh. I'm cutting off your question. Yes. But the whole reason... His name is James? Is that what it Jay. is? Jay. All right. So this douchebaggy guy goes upstairs. He's hard up. He had tried to have sex Judy with won't fuck Judy, him. and Judy would not have the sex with him. So he was like... Probably because, uh, you know, she doesn't need a reason. She doesn't want to. But on top of that, um, they are in a fucking abandoned funeral home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're trying to do Not it. really, you know, I mean, I, I realize that that's some people's thing. But some people aren't in a fucking no. on an embalming table, which is where <laughs> they were uh, making out. Everybody knows that when you want to, like, uh, when you're trying to um, make it uh, with with, yeah, with a it. lady, like, uh, who's <clears throat> probably a little nervous to, to make it uh, the first time, is that you want to do it in a funeral. That's yeah, it's like, I'm nervous state. about having sex yeah. with you. You know it would really calm me down if we yeah. did it in a haunted funeral parlor that was covered in spider webs <laughs> and on no top of an embalming table. Yeah. That would make... That would really chill me out. And well, there are at least six other people present mm-hmm. uh, in adjacent yes. rooms as yes, well. Yes, yes, so, yes. So he made it comfortable for her. But for some reason, what she wasn't into it. No, I know. And so Crazy. she's like, well, I'm not going to have sex with you. And he was like, now, since he's, everyone's like really sexist in the movie, I'm going to assume at the, I can't quite remember, but I'm assuming he's probably like, fuck you, bitch. And then went upstairs. Pretty much. I don't think he called her a bitch, but he like shut the door, locked and 
by shutting the door, locked her in. Yeah, all right. And um, he must have known he locked her in because she immediately goes to the doorknob, can't get out, starts yelling for him, and he continues to walk away. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we cut back to him finding Suzanne with lipstick on her face, all yeah. over her face. Yeah. Try, she tries to give him a blowjob at the end of having sex. I, let me pose this question to you. Yeah. If you found a person mm-hmm. whose face was covered in lipstick, <laughs> sitting on a bathroom floor mumbling, right? would you accept sexual favors from them? I don't think so. Yeah, me either. I don't think that would be the appropriate venue yeah, in which to do that. Apparently, Jay's like, let's play ball. That's sort of the probably the genius level of everybody being a jerk in this movie is that there there's really no one who's not like ready to go even though, as you said, they're in a in a in a funeral home uh, with no electricity, uh, fos- uh, yeah, there's like more fucking going on too. We got other couples fucking. We got other couples trying to. Well, fuck. speaking of the fucking, I was trying to figure out because at one point, um, when they're all partying downstairs, <laughs> again, I love partying. Partying, i.e., playing a boombox and uh, I don't know, crushing crushing beer cans, yeah, crushing cores. A lot, a lot of brand name, a lot of brand name beers. Yeah, in this, I wonder the if they endorse this movie. Coors Light is probably like, oh, hey, no, we'll whatever. Some, they're like, we don't have it. They're like, we don't have enough money to go after you, <laughs> or you don't have enough money to give us if we go after you. It's a waste of our time. Fine, drink your fucking cores, you stupid kids. <laughs> so they were drinking their six pack of free free product placement Coors Light and listening to a boombox. And, um, yeah. So everybody dies. Yeah. Every, or everyone's turned into a demon. Roger <laughs> and Judy are the only people who escape. Yeah. Um, so they manage to get out of the house and scale the wall around the property because they need to get over that river because demons can't pass. Yeah. Um, Should we uh, uh, mention that it's a, like an enchanted wall? Well, not enchanted. That well, like they it. were trying to find the gate, but it's but once the once the party once the partying start happening yeah. happened. Yeah. Um, the gate seals up. They yeah. can't find the gate, so they're gonna have to to climb the wall. Here's a little real life uh, logic for you. Ooh, okay. Which I love applying real life logic and then also playing the, the like planning it out and then being like it's a horror movie like it has to go this way like how boring like what do you want like <laughs> you want how do you want the movie to be like so, someone shows up and checked. then they're like this place is creepy I'm going home and then the rest of the movie we watch them go home and watch a movie and eat popcorn <laughs> while their friends die and they're like I made the right decision the end what I would have done in this scenario right. is I would have driven the car over the wall and then used the car like you got on top of the car and used that to like get over the wall Oh, you mean like, what, you mean drive the car like drive the car right up next to the wall. Oh, get on top of the car. Yeah, and then get over the wall. Okay, I thought you meant drive the car up the wall, and I was no, like, no, I don't no, know no, if no. they had that ability, but no, just drive the car, park it next to the wall, get on top of the car, and scale yeah. the wall. It's not that high of a wall. So it was, it really makes total wasn't that sense. high of a wall. And they could have totally done it. Especially because the only way they were able to climb the wall was they climbed. Uh, they had With to grab barbed wire. There's barbed wire. Yeah. And they had to grab. They had to grab the barbed wire. And that's when adrenaline kicks in, and they just climbed up with yeah. the barbed wire. So Roger gets over the wall first and actually falls off of the wall. <laughs> yes. Uh, Judy, which we think that Roger's going to want to run away because at this point, uh, Roger's just been a little bitch well, and has only been looking out for himself. You were leaving out that Roger totally ditched Judy, um, like. 30 seconds before that. Because Roger before- ditched her like a couple times. <laughs> Roger's just all numero uno. Like, get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. I don't care about anyone else. Yeah, like, well, like, Roger is like, he's not too bad a guy for most of the movie. <clears throat> yeah. And then when they get to the sort of the end game 
third act endgame. And, and like, everybody but Judy and Roger are possessed. And, like, Roger and Judy are in a room, and um, I think they, they find the crematorium uh, area. Yeah. And they, they somehow light a gas pipe on that, and, and they sort of turn into a flame. And they char, they char up uh, Angela and, and, uh, and Stooge. Uh, yeah, Stooge. But there's no point, because they're... Demons, demons and you're not going to be able to do anything about it. So they burn them up and then when they're done they so sort buy of, yourself some more time. Yeah, like all they did was buy themselves like an extra 10 minutes. I bet in that 10 minutes they're they're like, "All right, now like we we burned up the rest of the ghouls in the house. So we got to get out of here." And they think they're safe. And then the ghouls I think bust through the door at that point mm-hmm. or, or or something. And then that's when Roger ditches Judy. Yeah, he's like... The first time. Yeah, he's like, bye. Yeah, he's like, that's my bees. And he yeah. jumps through the window. And then the second time... Oh, no, that's the, the first time he runs out of there. Second time, he actually, like, throws himself out the window and is totally... And leaves Judy in there. And right. He, again. And right. it's just like, fuck this, yeah. run out. Yeah. And Judy's very quick to forgive later. I know. So, well, she does end up saving her life. Yeah. So Roger gets over on the other side of the wall... Judy is hanging on for dear life on this barbed wire, and every single demon is pulling at her ankles. Which right. also, I'm just like, you've got like eight people pulling on your ankles. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you would not still be hanging there. Yeah, but okay. Just add that uh, like strength you get when you're like your mother and your your kids are trapped in a car. That's yeah, and you over. lift the car yeah, over you your look, head yeah. like she, Superman style. Yeah, she probably did that. So that's exactly. I can yeah. relate. Um, so then, okay. So this wall is like, you know. It's tall. It's tall. How the fuck does Roger get back up on the wall to pull her out? It's not explained. All of a sudden, Roger's back up on the wall, and he's like, give me your hand. Yeah, yeah. They don't explain how Roger gets back over. Yeah, because he goes over, and then I think he falls off the first time, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then he gets back up on the wall, and it's like easy peasy. Maybe there was some unbarbed wire on the other side, and he was able to like not have to grab one of the barbed wires. Another question for the ages. (laughs) We'll never never know how Roger got back up there, but thank God he did, because he saved Judy. He did. The sun comes up. Oh, yeah. The demon, demons apparently are sunlight adverse. Uh, yeah. They turn into green smoke and disappear. And then the um, demon head reappears one last time. Mm-hmm. The sort of Muppet, Muppet. Jim Henson demon yeah. head reappears. Yeah. Uh, and they all disappear back into the house. Judy yeah. and Roger are left doing the walk of shame in the morning with yeah. stunned looks on his faces. And then this is when we regroup back to the old man yeah yeah whose wife ends up making an apple pie out of all of the razor blade apples he eats it and he dies yeah and she seems to be in the know of what she's just done i guess they've resolved everything that night night of the the demons needed to resolve but they just cut back i don't understand what the point of that guy was in the the this again Back to the beginning, confusion sandwich. Yeah, yeah, it was a total confusion sandwich. It was, it was, I guess, cheeky. I thought it was like gonna be a mistake. Like she made a pie and he eats it, and there's a razor blade, and then it's like, right. oh my god, what have I done? <laughs> but she knew what she right. was doing. So then it's like, wait, why? How do you know about this? I think the way. Why do you know about this? Why yeah. didn't you stop your husband from killing, trying to kill little kids? I think it would have been cool if, like, you found out that their last name was Hull at the end, and then she sends her husband to, the, to the funeral home, and then it's like, he will become the new demon that haunts uh, the Hull house. Dun, dun, dun. But, I don't know, that they didn't, that's not, that's, that's putting more logic to it than it was actually. Yeah, I don't like. really understand what that, but that's how the movie ends, folks. Yeah, and, that, and, 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 yeah, and that's it. So now we're going to move on to Donna and Andrew's 
three key takeaways. Yeah, three key takeaways. Which is where we ramped up our three key takeaways from all of our movies. Opinions. Yeah. Further questions. Uh, Feedback, whatnot. Yeah, Yeah, advice on how to live your life in a horror movie. Donna, what's your first key takeaway from this film? My number one key takeaway is don't party in an abandoned funeral parlor on cursed land. Um, And also don't use the word party as a verb. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, it's it gets very confusing, and it and it if you use if you're just using party as a verb, it makes you sound like you're probably in for a more exciting time at a funeral parlor, haunted house <laughs> party than you actually uh, uh, than would actually be expected, and uh, and then all your friends get eaten by demons. Um, uh, my takeaway number one, I I think that actually might have been one of my takeaways as well, okay. as well. but my. My, I guess I'll amend it to say my takeaway is the minute anyone says something, something, burial ground. Go home. Uh, is go home. Just to leave. Yeah. And uh, Nothing um, ever good comes, good comes of something on a burial ground. No, 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 no. And if like, if that's it and, and that's the, that's the attraction, then it's not worth it. And, and if all your friends are 80s douchebags, then you know that you're in for like serious trouble. You need so. to just wait like 20 years and get a new friend group. Yeah. 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 Or just wait an extra five years because you're already in your mid-40s, it seemed like, with this particular group of, of high school students. So, yeah. you meet, you'll meet some people in yeah. uh, your retirement community. Yeah, wait, wait till your 50s. Yeah. Uh, so that's my... So I guess that would be my number one is is uh, don't... If it's... Yeah. If okay. It's, yeah. My number two is don't stop for breaks, be it catching your breath right. or stopping to hug someone because right. you both made it out of something yeah. um, when you're running from demons. Just keep running. There yeah. were so many times where these kids would like run and all of a sudden they would just stop and they'd be like... <sighs> yeah, yeah. Or like another time when Sal saved Judy from something, <laughs> they stopped for an extra long embrace and I'm like, really? Because you're being chased by demons. Yeah. There will be plenty of time for hugs later if you live. Um, now is the time for running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you reaffirm your bonds of friendship way later on in the daylight. Yeah. Um, uh, fair, very fair. My second takeaway was, um, uh, so I had an issue because when they go into the room and they're in the crematorium and they decide that they can use the uh, gas pipe that's into the into the oven as as a weapon against the the ghouls. Um, they turn the gas pipe on for a really long time mm-hmm. before they light the front of it to turn it into a flamethrower. So my thing so my second takeaway would be light uh, the gas pipe immediately when you turn it on because though the movie doesn't do this, it's fair to say that she'd fill that entire room with explosive gas. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, they suspended physics for that yeah. scene. Yeah. That whole st- Thing would have just blown because she does a whole thing where she's trying to light the lighter <clears throat> and to up the suspense the lighter just doesn't also light wouldn't have the, the flint just like yeah. lit the lit yeah. the gas like yeah. she doesn't need like a for realsy flame yeah like the flint alone would have it's uh you don't want to mess with gas so science yeah so my, no my science in this movie but uh yeah so that would be mine is if uh if you're unsure about what's going on in the crematorium just call con ed yeah. Don't don't wait. Yeah. Don't don't light it on fire. Mm-hmm. Even if you need a weapon, there's other things. If you, you smell need. something, say something. <laughs> so. 
Um, and then my third and final takeaway is don't accept sexual favors from people with lipstick all over their face. Yes. Nothing was, good will ever come of that. It's very key. It's very key. It's uh, if you can smell the crazy, crazy walking in the room immediately and there's lipstick all over the face, then it's, you know, nothing, nothing good. It's not, going it's not going to be good. You might end up losing. In this case, he lost his eyes. She poked his eyes That's out. That's right. We didn't even say that she, after she mm. stuck the lipstick in her boob, she poked his eyes out. While they were having sex. While they were having sex. Yeah. Wouldn't be cool if she took his eyes out. And then also put those, put in, those her in her boobs. Put those in her boobs. And oh my she god! Had what if that's a good thing? She's that like, was... everyone I kill, I take a little momentum and I shove it in my boob. <laughs> and then like she had, a, and then like Night she of had Demons four eyes for eyes for boobs. And then like wow. and then blink blink. He could see Brett Kavanaugh. I could see what was going on in the rest of the house. <laughs> Sorry, we won't call him that. Sorry. What's his name? Derby. What's his name? Jay. 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 All right. <laughs> I'll just say Jay independently so we can cut it. And I'll go over it. Jay. Jay. <laughs> cut it right. All right. What's your third takeaway? Andrew, third, Andrew's third and final takeaway. My third takeaway is um, just don't be friends with a bunch of douchebags because um, everybody in this movie is a fucking douchebag. And um, I, you kind of end up not having a lot of sympathy for the two surviving characters just because it was like, I would have known not to hang out with uh, Fonzie and, and Chunk and, and, and the other ones. I like I, They were all kind of dicks and they were all immediately being dicks at the start. Yeah. And, um, and even the one guy we thought was nice, Roger, you know, ditches Judy at least twice before <laughs> before they escape together. He, like, just changed everybody's name. That's, like, what my mom does. Yeah, was, I can't remember. This is, uh, <laughs> I was saying before we started recording, this is, like, the Game of Thrones of uh, horror movies. It is. There's too many. I feel like they could have shaved, shaved off a couple people and it would have been Yeah, fun. and I'm just like, it's just Porkins and or Chunk and, uh, and uh, Fonzie and or, uh, uh, I don't know who another kind of greasebally guy is, but, yeah, I don't know. Well, Pony uh, Boy. Pony Boy, yeah. Pony Boy. <laughs> S.C. Hinton's, uh, um, yeah. So, yeah. So, Pony, yeah. Don't, yeah. And I don't know what the Pony Boy's doing in California if he's from, from Brooklyn or wherever the hell he's supposed to be. Yeah. So, be friends with nice people who don't scare old men at the start of the movie and don't try to take you to um, uh, a haunted uh, uh, funeral home for Halloween night. All solid advice. Yeah. So, yeah. oh, one more side note. Yeah. Uh, the 30th anniversary of the release of uh, Night of the Demons just passed. Oh, it did? Yeah, at the time of this recording. Oh, should we clink glasses over that? Yes. Just to be, hold Cheers. On, right in there in the mic. Cheers to you, Night of the Demons. Mm-hmm. Happy 30th. Finally, you're as old as all the teenagers in uh, in your film. So. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Well. Yeah. So, that was, uh, so that was Night of the Demons. Um, numero uno there are two more follow-up movies to this movie which we may at some point watch because uh they're pretty amazing yeah in my opinion do more items uh, disappear into boobs in those ones or um wait 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 don't tell me we might have i don't want to tell you we're gonna have to see it yeah i want to find out later all right this has been stabbing and gabbing stabbing and gabbing night of the demons next week we'll watch place what we're watching next week (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.